Hey guys, it's James. Welcome to another episode of Dashboard Disciples. Um, we're gonna Matt and I are gonna continue on in our candid discussions about um, the C.S. Lewis book we've been studying. And if you want to pick up a copy, it, um, you can check it out on our information page, um, and you can follow along with us. So um, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you listen in, and um, yeah, join the conversation. Have a good time. Check yourself or thank yourself. Your dashboard disciples. Oh, I see where we left on, but I gotta get into the mode again. All right, guys. Hey, welcome to another episode of Dashboard Disciples. I am your host, James, and I got my buddy Matt right here, your what other host. What up? What up? What up? What up? What up? How right. y'all doing? And uh, again, we're just uh, you know two guys just being transparent, trying to break down that wall between pastors and people. You know how we do. You're trying to break down that that uh, curtain between the holy of holies and stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Um. So, man, it's been a. Uh, I think oh. we recorded last what about a week and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, we um, had a last week's recording. Now we got this we week's did, recording. We did part one of Lily's at Fest here, and then this this week we're going to be jumping into part two of Lily's at Fest here because we didn't really we man there was so much to cover in this in this chapter. Um, that we, we we had to break it down into two, but I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, real quick, um, yeah, man, what's what's life been like, dude? What's life been like? Um, okay, so at, on the as we're recording this on Friday, May 28th, we are. Um, oh man, that wasn't supposed to come nah, out. Uh, but uh. A song was released yesterday. Oh, the one that you I haven't yeah. listened to it yet. Okay, it's called it's called All Together by uh, Mike Donahue. He's gone of solo. It is. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you see, he's hey, feeling Mike, away. If you are, if you are listening, if you, I don't know. If I will fanboy. Like if, if somebody I ever meet is listening him. to this podcast and knows in how to Nashville, get a hold, in and Nashville, knows how to get a hold of lives. Mike Donahue, like just email me. <laughs> directly and and we'll make Matt's birthday like the best thing ever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I dude, he's I would just love to talk with him, have conversation. He uh, just wants coffee, Mike. That's all he wants. I, no, no, well there's well I would even drink coffee for him, but no, he's actually reviewed wine before. Oh. So he's he is a very cultured individual. But anyway, oh. he uh he went solo. Uh he's he's on the so, he's on solo now and he just released his first single. And it's called All Together. And uh, basically, he did it off of seeing one of his friends lead uh, an AA group, I believe it was. Uh And um, he just saw, I guess, the dynamics of that. And basically, just wrote a song over it. But when you actually hear it, it's really a picture of how the church should be. And, um, so basically the, basically what it is, is that, uh, love, well, one line of it says love keeps our broken pieces. Wait, no, love keeps, love keeps our broken pieces. I forgot how it went. Oh, wow. But anyway, it keeps our broken pieces all together. So basically, um, what he's saying is. It's like you basically just have to take a, a jump, a leap of faith, if you will, uh, in 
in your brother, I guess, brother or sister, whatever, yeah. uh, in Christ, and just have and trust that they will they will be just as honest with you as you just were with them. Mm. And that's how, I guess, um, community is built. Just by um, letting our even our most vulnerable play, vulnerable things show not to everyone but to but to people and then to and then that's how that's how a decision <coughs> to love yeah. is made when you are willing to put yourself out there and be vulnerable and uh just see what happens you know um uh the aa the aa i guess um uh, um analogy if you will is actually a pretty powerful one because if you go through this 12 steps it's it's really it really should be like something not just for drinking you know um it's actually should be for something like anyone who wants to be healed of any really nagging sin period you know Mm. so it's like for them, it's alcohol, and it's destroyed their lives, and they have to go through the 12 steps to, I guess, be reconciled, if you will, um, to put a churchy word behind it. But if you go through those steps, like the first step is admitting your problem. Ooh, we have a severe thunderstorm warning. Uh, the first step is admitting your problem, and then, and then of course, a few steps later, it's... Um, get uh say sorry or it's something like say sorry to people that you've done wrong or something like that's a few steps later yeah and then um it all uh, i guess culminates really what aa points to is a lifestyle change that whereas before you were closed off you had an alcohol problem now you have a fully functioning healthy life with accountability partners and people that you know will love you and love you back. It it's so much it's like all the things that made you turn to alcohol uh are taken away. Not just the alcohol, but the thing that brought took you to the alcohol. Mm. And so that's not just and so that's a very powerful thing because it's not just that can be applied really to any vice or any sin. And um I don't know, man, like I just I wanted to like just look at the twelve steps and then kind of see, wow, what, like, what, where am I like screwed up? <laughs> do I need to do these twelve steps? Who have I wronged along the way to, uh, and who is it affected, and who do I need to apologize to? And uh, I don't know. There's a lot to it. There's yeah. a lot more to that than that. No, though. for sure, for sure. Um, but anyway, that's a that is a rabbit trail. <laughs> oh man, I got got a lot to think about because. I've gotten my res- my resume has gone out to a few places. Um, I don't think I'm gonna be on the sideline very very much longer. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. So, you know, we're we're looking at that. I don't know, man. Um. Honestly, for me, dude, the the thing that's kind of getting me the the. Like, I really want I I really 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 want to, and I feel more inclined to see what Youth for Christ is like like uh-huh. for real this time. So I don't know. I'm oh, you of, mean you weren't before? Like you were just well, toying with it? I was, but I mean, like I was super part time and full time staff at, at the church, you know. And now it's like I can fully like dedicate to Youth for Christ. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. I just I don't know that 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 makes me yawned in the middle of that. Um, that makes me more excited about about doing it um, because. It yeah, James doesn't believe in the church that. anymore. Only oh, parent church organization. Oh yeah, sure. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, no, nah, man, I just believe in discipleship, man. However it comes. Like however it comes, man. I don't I don't know. I'm not a I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the church and I love the church building. You know, we talked about that last week about like you have to love the church, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I also don't think that the church is necessarily the traditional building that we think it is. No, it's not a building. It shouldn't I, be a building. I think it's just a body of people and that body of people can meet at that can it can meet at a at a restaurant it can meet at a it can meet um you know at a at a bowling alley it can meet in a, in a house i mean you know just loving the body of believers you know it can meet at a, at a at a school after school program you know so some when people go like oh well yeah you know the parachurch stuff isn't really the church and i'm like well i mean says who yeah you know, like, says who? Really? I don't know. Am I wrong? <laughs> the the parachurch, the only thing I would say to that is that every parachurch organization tends to unite around, I guess, a commonality or a, a, a demographic of people. Like, I guess for Youth for Christ, it would be youth age. Well, sure. And, okay, I'll give you that. And And it's like, I think the church looks the best. The church, the group of people, looks the best when, when it's, it's multi generational. Yes. Okay, I, I, I will give you that. I will. I will absolutely one hundred percent give you that. All right. Edit in one zero. <laughs> Map one James zero. I like the parachurch idea. I feel really heartfelt on going in that direction. But a lot of the reason why I feel like heartfelt on going that direction is because I have that home group right now that is really where my heart is at. Mm-hmm. Like, now the interesting thing about that is that, like, I mean, it's not like anybody is paying me to do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, could there? Be, I mean, I guess I could talk to, you know, North American Mission Board and, you know, talk about church planting. I guess, but I don't really know if I'm there. I'm just enjoying the fellowship and enjoying the Bible study. He's not ready to commit, y'all. No, no I mean, no, I, I, I am. I just, I don't know if, like, I just don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm just waiting for God to be like, okay, it's time. Like, it's time to, to call this a church. It's, t- okay. it's, time to, it's time for this to be a church with a mission. Right now, it's just... Me sharing my faith with a group of students and their parents. Uh huh. You know, like, but it's not necessarily a, a vision that's been bought in where a body of believers is saying, all right, we're going to join in and exist together. You know? Yeah. And I feel like until we get there, we're just, we're, we're, we're meeting together. Yeah, you know, and and that's okay. Like that's I'm totally fine with that. Right, but I don't know. But anyway, Lily's at Fester Part Two. So real quick, I'm gonna take a quick break. 
So though we don't have a sponsor per se, every once in a while when we record more, when we're on video, you see uh, me wearing certain shirts like um, the Dashboard Disciple shirt or um, the Chewy Saves shirt or whatnot. Um, you can actually go to our Streamlabs account. So if you're listening to this on Apple and Spotify, the link will be in the uh, in the bio section of this episode. And you can check out all of our merchandise on our Streamlabs account. And uh, anything you purchase goes directly to me so I can eat the next day. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Yeah, no. No, <laughs> no, um, no but yeah, if you want to help support uh, Dashboard Disciples and our also the other podcast that, that I do, Linked uh, Family Discipleship, which is that group house group that I'm talking about, um, if you go to our Streamlabs account, you can actually check that out and um, and purchase some of our, our the gear that that we that we created, um, as well as checking out our website and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's our that's my sponsorship for today. All right, let's get get back to the episode. Okay. What did you think about the um, <clears throat> about C.S. Lewis's take on what he's calling cherry intocracy? Oh my goodness, that big word, yeah. <laughs> cherry intocracy. Um, that was like the only thing that came out of me at the end, <laughs> last couple of pages. Oh gee, uh, I should. I kind of just took it like as an almost like an ideal. I don't know if it's an ideal. It's kind of like an ideal, I guess. Yeah. I have to, I have to kind of well, remember. Like for okay, well, I mean, while you're kind of gathering that, what got what I got from it <clears throat> was, I mean, obviously it's it's this word that he kind of created to explain um, this idea that, and what I thought was kind of interesting was. What he's calling cherry intocracy, I think, and I may be mistaken, it's what we call Christian nationalism today. And Yeah, the church culture, essentially. Yeah, like church culture being the ruling body, the ruling class. And I thought it was pretty interesting how he, as you know, a, a Christian intellectual and as now what i think was interesting is that i mean lewis at the time he was writing these things which was like the 50s mm-hmm. um britain was going through a massive post christian time yeah you know and you know in this in this post and it's 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 similar to what to what we're going through currently in the united states but what i thought was interesting about that was when he talks about charitocracy, he he's really referring to the fact that like the idea of true Christian freedom means the the rules of our faith are not like the, like the the job of the government isn't to tell us what to do, uh-huh. it's to give us as much freedom as possible. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Um. Okay, so yeah, all that's kind of coming back to me. And I think, I think, yeah, it's kind of like a Christian <clears throat> like idealism in the sense that they're the ruling, ruling class. Yeah, it's, I think that's a weird way to put it. But it's the, 
it's the majority class, yeah. yeah overseeing class sure um and i remember cs lewis saying about all that that like before all of that was in place you did have i guess sort of a wild wild west sort of paradigm sort of system yeah where it's like um in in that time that's what allowed like for the great awakenings to happen and all that other stuff it's like now that it's so institutionalized something so raw and organic like a great awakening or like a a revival or or, or billy graham even it's hard for that to take root it's because everything is so institutionalized you know yeah and <clears throat> and i i completely say that it's like i completely see that it's and what that does is is that that's producing that well, the result of that is that it's producing just a number it's producing just like um a, a fact I, I don't know a better way to put it other than like a factory like we're just rolling out christians in yeah christians well, and we're and not like the and not like true followers of christ yeah and that's kind of yeah. like and that's what yeah, i thought yeah, yeah. was interesting about it because like like he almost like points to the fact that the the way we've have gotten to this point uh-huh um whether it be through through uh, the awakening of our faith and our realization of of christ's love for us or yeah. the mission of the church or it may be in the secular side and just technology yeah um those all came from people who thought outside of the box. Yeah, and, and now and now and, and with yeah. this idea that you have to look, act, and be a certain type of way in order for you to be accepted into this culture. Yeah, um, you're essentially cutting your own legs off. Right. Right. You know, and so like, why are we doing that? Why? Why? Uh, that that makes that it makes absolutely no sense. Which I think is interesting because it's like it almost goes back to the fact that like. Well, that's what the Pharisees are doing. Oh wait, by the way, all of us that are sitting in this in in our in our nice comfortable mm-hmm. church and saying, Oh, you know what, we don't really feel comfortable with that kind of music. Oh no, we don't really feel comfortable with dressing this type yeah. with you know, people coming in dressed this type of way. Oh, we don't really feel comfortable with doing something that's outside of the norm of our of our doctrine or not our doctrine, but our denominations traditions or yeah. Tradition. I think that's you know, the big one. And, yeah. And because, because we think that, that in order for you to be a, a pastor here, you need to check all these boxes or in order for you to just even be a Christian here, you need to check all of these boxes right. and look this certain way. We're cutting our legs off by not realizing that like, you know, we are, be, we are almost making ourselves irrelevant to the culture right and and we're we're producing a one size should fit all christianity yeah and so what that's what c.s lewis then takes that is that what that does is it kills the opportunity to have prodigies and to have vibrancy to to uh to the church i say the american church i guess in our case yeah and for them at the time the british church it's it killed vibrancy because we were just producing the same thing and not really taking into account the individual in it all, uh, like I, I like the well, takeaway I took was, could you imagine uh, a how would a Sunday school teacher today handle a twelve year old Jesus? Essentially, like <laughs> he kick him out. <laughs> like well, he he pro- like he starts talking circles around scripture over the teacher, and the teacher is like, um, um, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do here. 
and they and it's like you're like in the wrong class because wait it sounds like you know more than me like how would how how would our ministries in churches handle someone who actually would know the bible well you know mm-hmm. uh and no and uh I, I would think like i would think because we're just our, our go-to is like to have um I don't know, like a youth service over here and then a children's church over here. Like it's very much fit to the masses, you know, to numbers. And so if you threw someone in there that actually was like a prodigy and actually knew the Bible and was like, and like would stump it, they they would actually be kind of bored. Or if there was an opportunity for them to even participate, they would blow everyone away. Yeah. And they would stand out so much that it would it would it wouldn't even it would just be weird you know mm-hmm. um and i don't think the person leading that would even know how to handle that you know yeah they well, wouldn't I mean, have the skills themselves to handle that's it. even why like you know some of these new formats in even in like the public school system exist because i mean and and it's and it's weird to say something like add you know is a disorder or adhd is a disorder like is it really a disorder or is it just people learning differently having a, you know is is autism really a disorder, you know, or, or at least um, high functioning autism, you know, in the sense that like people can hyperfixate on things because that's where their talents lie. Yeah, you know, like, and I think it's interesting in, in that culture where people go and say, well, you know, it's it's awesome because instead of saying, oh, well, they have a problem that needs to be solved, it's more like they learn differently, they think differently. Uh-huh. I mean, because truth be told. You know, um, Elon Musk was diagnosed with Asperger's, which has now been reclassified as just a high-functioning autism. Uh-huh. Um, and, I mean, Elon Musk is Elon Musk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I mean, need I say more? You know, like... Right. And, I mean, and, and that, is, that is somebody who, in today's society, would be classified as, you know, not not being able to keep up quote unquote, you know, like, um, or something like that, you know, like, and then going back into like the, the faith thing, it's like, so what I think is pretty interesting is that when it comes to like, this thinking outside the box thing or thinking inside the box, mm-hmm. it's like pre pandemic, you know, somebody that a minister that was, that was focused on online ministry or, or, you know, like video worship or, even video daily devotionals or doing virtual meetings or whatnot was essentially classified as someone who was being detached from yeah. from the ministry. Yeah. You know, they were like, oh, well, no, like, I mean, you got to meet one-on-one. You got to be face-to-face. You got to, like, like, I mean, it just wasn't. Do not forsake the assembly of yourselves. Yeah, and yeah. then it was like, <laughs> and then the pandemic happens and it's like, oh no, that's the go-to. Like, and that's the go-to. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, and it's like, man, what if, what if all those people who were essentially kind of being cast out by the, by the quote unquote traditional culture uh-huh. had just given up on that and being like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Church really doesn't belong on the internet. It's more of a face-to-face thing, you know? Yeah. Like we don't really need to be worrying about virtual Bible studies. We don't really need to be worrying about making sure we can have church service online. In fact, because I mean, I remember pre-pandemic, it was like, well, you're only 
you're only cultivating bad habits. You're only making it easy for people to not go to church. Right. You're only making it easy for people to be lazy about their faith practice. Well, I don't even know if it was necessarily put like that. You, it was like you're making it easy for people not to even be in community. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, in a sense, I think that – and I, I do think that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. And because we do need we do need that community more so than like even the person that, that I just described that is maybe even a prodigy and really knows the Bible really better than anyone else. Yeah, like they in and of themselves can't exist to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like the prodigy even needs com- a community to, even though he won't fit in that great, even though he won't fit in on paper, he'll. Just by having him there, him or him or her there, it'll change the synergy of the of the people and of the group, uh, and uh, and it will it will make something very unique. And that's what that's what what, what the problem was with, I guess, only going to online. Um, uh, now that we have the opportunity to not be face to face at churches and all this other thing, we can we have an opportunity to return to that. Yeah. And and um uh I think I don't know, I think that's a good thing. Well, now like, you know, yeah, I mean you're right. There was a time where yeah, you I mean you can make you can you can argue the fact that it does make it convenient, it does make it easy. Yeah. But it be, it also makes but the pandemic made it necessary. Made it necessary, yeah. And then now post-pandemic, you know, i.e. like you and I are doing this podcast right uh-huh. now and I do an online I do a podcast Bible study. And the whole focus of that, the whole main reason for that is to bring back, essentially, kind of like throw out the link to saying, okay, this is the first step to get back into community. Yeah. Because, yeah. because truth be told, there are too many people out there that won't come to church because they just feel like they don't belong. You know, they, they, they feel like they don't belong. They feel like they don't fit in. They feel like, like this isn't this isn't for them because they didn't check those cultural quote unquote boxes. Uh-huh. And so podcasts like this or like the link to Bible study or link family discipleship, whatever. All right. Name um, dropping is right. Stuff. And grab my own stuff. I mean, come on. It's you got, to. you got to, <laughs> you got to, it's fine. No, but I mean like, but stuff like this, it's like, you know, <laughs> you, I'm sorry. Yeah. You have to, um, I lost my train of thought, but I mean, like <laughs> stuff like this is like it, it, it's it's meant to. It's not it's not meant to stop here. It's not uh-huh. meant to stop at okay, cool. I got my fix of Jesus. I got my 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 spiritual quote unquote whatever. But it's meant to start here and then end in physical community. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess that is a process. And so mm. when we got to, I guess sort of. Uh, even before that, like even before we make the podcast or make all make all the, make the sausage, if you will, like yeah. how the sausage is made, we gotta ask ourselves, like, okay, so what's our goal? Like, are we? Do we want to? Well, I can tell you what we don't want to do, and, and it's what C.S. Lewis is saying here. It's like we don't want to just produce Christians like it's a factory. Yeah. Like we want we want um, churches to be vibrant we want them to be have a unique identity like we want one to be we want one in northwest san antonio to 
have its own unique identity and what they're good at. And then we want one uh, up the road in the hill country in Junction or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we're in San Antonio, by the way. Uh, we want that one to have its own unique identity and its own synergy and be its own thing that they're good at, too. Yeah. That's that's what we really would want. We we uh, and what we the unfortunate thing about, I guess, having, I guess, denominations and things like that is that uh, in in a lot of resources where we are kind of all doing the same thing is that um, we are we have we can have the possibility of just producing numbers, you know, just having like a, just a factory of things. Mm-hmm. And and so and so like bef- so when we approach like the things that you're doing, um, it's like okay if the call if if it's an encouragement mm-hmm. and a call to get back into community, then then uh, along the way we have to encourage even the people in there to to bring out their own individuality in it you yeah. know like and uh, that's a that's an interesting thing. Um, because, because like, okay, so best case scenario, you're what, and all your, and all the work that you're doing, someone eventually goes back to church, goes to church and wherever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time they get there, wouldn't it be a great thing to, that they are already in their, in their, in the word that they're already, uh, they haven't. They're already doing soap, for instance, mm-hmm. or they're doing all these all these things. Going into church, they're going to be instantly ahead of the curve for a lot of people. Yeah. So it's almost like an academy of sorts that what you're doing here, and that's and that's uh, something that's like that's like that's actually really kind of cool. Um, because what the goal in church is what what would we what would we want to have? Would we rather have Someone who just knows the Bible and just would simply uh, regurgitate the right answers and you know have well, all the churchy language what he down. Talks about it's like it's like yeah that that or do we want someone type, vibrant and real? exactly yeah. because because the first one that you mentioned like that lacks sincerity yeah that yeah. lacks sincerity and like and <clears throat> but but at the same time like or not at the same time but. Trying to gather that thought, so the first one lacks. The first one lacks sincerity. While the person who, like for example, you know, they listen to the podcasts, they uh-huh. they start to develop their relationship in with Christ. Maybe they might work out these disciplines. Maybe uh-huh. they're reading their scriptures daily, and then they finally attend church. Well, the way they attend church, the way they develop their relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. is part of their lifestyle so maybe they're a tattoo artist and, yeah, yeah and they are they've incorporated christ into their work you know and i've definitely done that like i mean i you I mean, you know you and i have tattoos there have definitely been times where i've literally been in fellowship with people as i'm getting a tattoo and they're telling nice. me their testimony and stuff like right. that and i'm like that to me is more christ-like than that guy being like well i put the needle down and you know, and um, and now I'm you know working at Walmart or right. something like that, yeah. so that I can look the part or whatnot. You know, like I I, I want to see the sincerity 
and and I even go back to saying like, you know, when when Jesus called his disciples, he called them he called them back into their personality perfectly. Uh huh. You know, he called fishermen and made them fishermen. You know, just he, fishers of men. Fishers yeah. of men. You know, as I mean? opposed to regular fishermen. You know, he yeah. called. You know, he called Paul, who was zealous of the Scripture, or who was zealous for God, and made him zealous for God. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, he didn't call people out of who they already were. Right. He he, he didn't try to make them into okay. Well, you got to look at this part now and do these things uh-huh. in order to be part of my church. It was. It wasn't. It was just simply be you, and I'm going to make you the perfect you, right. the you I created you to be. And and so when I go back to this, like you know, the idea of this this charitocracy, right, which he refers to, it's like uh-huh. we have to stop trying to create rules to fit a certain mold of what society should look like mm-hmm. based on. Our, our Christian moral values. Yeah. But rather, yeah. society looks like what God has designed. Like, like we are in a, like, you know, United States is a melting pot of various different cultures and should remain that way in yeah. Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what we're hinting at, too, is almost a head knowledge versus heart knowledge sort mm-hmm. of dynamic in, in an individual. So like it was, it's basically like, would you rather have people who know the right answers, who know the right answers, and simply regurgitate those answers, or would you rather have people who know the right answers, synthesize those answers, and then make a good decision with those answers? Mm. Yeah, and so like it's like, what do you want to produce? That we have to ask those, I guess, fundamental questions. What do you want to produce? Yeah, do you just want to produce a bunch of people that know stuff about Jesus and the Bible? Fine, great. What does that do? That doesn't do anything good. Yeah, I mean, or do you want to produce someone who, who is, who will get into the character of Jesus and have him in their hearts and in their souls and love him with all that they have? Well, to do that, that's a much different. That's a that's something that looks completely different. Well, that's also something yeah. that doesn't go away, and you it know, doesn't like, go away. It doesn't like train like, up a I child the way you should go, and when exactly. they're old, they will like, depart from it's it. Like, yeah, I mean, because for example, it's like when I was taking college algebra as I tried to pass the class if I studied for the test yeah I had all the head knowledge in the world to pass the test uh-huh. but it's not about the head knowledge because now you know a number of years later I, I don't remember half of what I learned right, right, right. especially the second half of, of the semester yeah <laughs> you know um, I remember a squared plus b squared equals c squared right right, you know, right. I think that's geometry though whatever like, it is you know, yeah whatever you know, it is like I mean, it's just, uh, we don't know math. You know, oh, y equals mx plus b. Okay, cool. yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's all I remember. But I really can't apply that to my life in the sense that I guess a teacher would have would have would have desired me to. But had I made that part of my lifestyle, then I would be able to regurgitate that information and uh-huh. so on. So you know, it was really funny because I had somebody come up to me. Um, Recently, and was asking me how to preach using no notes um, because I was telling you that I actually just recently have been yeah. practicing. I, I preached at your church yeah, where yeah. I didn't use notes. Um, I just used like three main points. Yeah, and that was it. You know, 
And um, that was I actually, look like I have notes up there, but I really don't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I tried to, and it was like, and they were like, "Well, how do you, uh, how do you try to get to preaching with no notes?" And I was like, "You gotta be so immersed in scripture, yeah, that you're living what you're teaching." Absolutely, yeah. Like you know, like that. That's that's just simple. Like that's the simple truth about it. Like if you're not living what you're teaching, then you have to have notes because. You're only living one page ahead of your congregation. Mm. Dang. There we go. You know, like, but if you're living what you're preaching, then you're being an accurate shepherd. Yeah. Because, like, like when I preached that, that particular sermon at your church where I didn't use notes, uh-huh. that was based off of my life goals and what God has called me to. Uh-huh. You know, and so I was able to pull out scriptures that had been sitting in my heart because they just for months now for months now because they're just part of my life yeah you know and that's that's the advantage of uh not preaching every week <laughs> he can just true, sit on something true, and but just, at the same time but no. at the same time <laughs> I'm kidding. but at the same time i, I halfway kid <laughs> i halfway kid <laughs> if i am walking my church through what God is revealing is revealing in my life daily. Uh-huh. Then, then me going up to the pulpit to lead my congregation for forty five minutes in a, in a message or thirty minutes in a message uh-huh. is just me sharing my heart with them every for thirty minutes every Sunday. Yeah, the way I do with them one on one. Yeah, you know, like, and I think I just recently realized that in regards to sermon prep. People are like, man, I spend 10, 12 hours. It's like, now, granted, when it comes to sermon prep, there are times where I spend an ample amount of time in prep because I want to just get just a little bit deeper. Maybe I might look at the at the tra- the different trans touch my mic, the different translations of the scripture or whatnot, or I might look at like some commentaries uh-huh. and really study that. But ninety percent of what I'm preaching is coming from what God has revealed in my heart right based off of my life experience right 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 yeah it's true it's true like you would you you would only go back to commentaries and other versions as like a point of reference and as references and you go back and you, you only you only you preach from your heart you really is really what you do exactly you, yeah on what God is putting on your heart uh, and if you need something like, I guess, sort of clarifying your mind, then you go to commentaries and you reference that. Uh, and I think, I think if, if our prof- if my, one of my professors was listening to me and saying all that, they would be like, Oh, but don't forget the commentaries. <laughs> They'd be all crazy about it, but it's all good. Um, well, it's also, it also, it's also depending on how you're trying to preach. Yeah. Yeah. But, but. Still, at the same time, I mean, it's, it's got to come from the heart. And I think that's what we're really referring to when it comes to this, like, charitocracy, doing the right thing, or like doing, using your head knowledge versus your heart knowledge. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, and really, like, for me, and I think the, I, even the point of this podcast is we're trying to get people to to fall in love with Jesus. Yeah. And if we're trying to get people to fall in love with Jesus, then we have to share our hearts, you know. And because that's what he changes. He changes because that's hearts. what he changes. Yeah, 
And and the but here's and here again is then the challenge. What God places on our hearts, it's a moving target. And so what C.S. Lewis kind of would say in response to that is uh, there is no conceivable system that can be dreamed up that will 100% find the 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 best of the best or the best possible educational system. This yeah. Christian, that big funky word that he said. How did you how do you say that? Cherry and talk. Cherry and talkery. Like there's we like we when that's what we tried to do. We tried to create essentially a Christian utopia, and that never works. Yeah. Utopia well, doesn't that, work. And that also wasn't and, wasn't Christ's intention. And that wasn't Christ's intention. It was to use if the intention from the beginning was to create everyone in the image in the image of God, and uh, then. And God will bring out that and individuality. It, and it was supposed in to happen you. individually, not as a government body. Right. In fact, in yeah. fact, revelations points to the fact of when, a, when when governments get too powerful, this is what looks like. This is what it looks like. Right. This is what happens. It, and, but it, the other side of that is it doesn't mean we don't try bec- in a sense because that's what it means for the kingdom of God to be coming, if you will. True. It like it's like it's like the kingdom of God is both here and now, and we and it's but it's also coming too. Yeah, and uh, that's I guess where I guess eschatology comes in and and all that kind of stuff. Okay, but um, and so we we do our best to claim the world for Christ, but at the same time also not losing people's individuality along the way, and that is. That is a hard balance to strike. We want to win the world for Christ, but we can't do this in a like in mass numbers. Like yeah. it has to be done. It has to be done the old the old fashioned way. Jesus having twelve disciples, and you pour into those twelve <laughs> people, and then those people pour into other people. You know, Christian conversion is the ultimate grassroots project. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, there's no shortcuts. There's to no it. shortcut. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. There's no uh, special announcement. There's no government control right. that can force us into into Christianity, into um, God's perfect plan for our life. Right. It has to happen at the individual level because Christ meets our needs specifically. Yeah, in finding that moving target, because our hearts do change and. Our mission changes and the vision changes and all these kind of things. That in of itself, we have to realize is that we have to act in faith that God is going to guide us to that place. For too. sure. Yeah. Well, dude, honestly, man, I think that we can probably keep going and going and going <laughs> on this particular we, subject. Yeah, because we, I, think, I think that this particular chapter hit like at the heart of who we are like as ministers and as a podcast mm-hmm. and just in, just in our, our, our life in Christ. Yeah. But, um, we are like hitting an hour. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, we're, we got to cut this off. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'll just, I'll just kind of say to, I guess, put this all wrap in a bow is that just because it is hard though, doesn't mean we don't try. Either. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And so it's not an excuse to stop living. Like we have to make the effort to live this life and live it well. Yeah. And and that's where he ends with the chapter with like we have to find a way to live this life and live it well. Uh, that's a Switchfoot song, by the way. Life is short. I wanna live it well. 
Your mid two thousands is showing. No, that's not Switchfoot mid two thousands. That's Switchfoot, like just the 20, fact that you're a Switchfoot fan makes you twenty fifteen, twenty eighteen. I want to say. Yeah, but just the fact that you're a Switchfoot fan. I'm not a I'm not a fan. That's putting it a little much. <laughs> but oh whoa, they're from San Diego. Eh. Calm down. There's there. a surf surf culture. Meh. Oh whoa whoa whoa. <laughs> no 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 um no but no that's a that's a Switchfoot song. And it's it's great. Life is short. I want to live it well. That, I think that's where we ultimately get with all this, is okay. that we have to just have find a way to live it well. So, there you go. Well, guys, it was fun while it lasted, and um, we're going to wrap it up for now. Uh, go ahead and uh, check us out next week for our next chapter of The World's Last Night by C.S. Lewis and other essays and, and um, other essays yeah and one more time go ahead and check out our streams lab stream labs streams lab stream labs stream labs stream labs stream labs account um and uh buy a shirt and then when you buy a shirt take a picture of that shirt and tag us in it because we just like feeling loved but anyway, all right, guys, we love you guys, um, and we will see you next time on Dashboard Design. See y'all, guys. Bye. Much love to you. Adios, amigos. Check yourself or pet yourself. Are your dashboard? As the as the day we are recording this on Friday, May twenty eighth. By the way, R.I.P. Harambe. For real? That's today? Yes, yeah, today, dude. Oh man, today's Harambe. Oh, that's that's something else. It's been five years, dude. R.I.P. Harambe. We remember you. Yeah. Seems to me you lived your life like a candle. <laughs> <laughs> like a candle. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put that into the podcast. <laughs> Check yourself or pet yourself. Are your dashboard disciples? Obviously, David Ross. Are your dashboard? Are your dashboard disciples? Check us out on Apple and Spotify. Are your dashboard disciples?